to Real Recovery. If you're new, this is a podcast where I talk about anorexia recovery and I use my own experience to give practical tips and advice. Um, Please remember I'm not a medical professional, I'm not a doctor, and I always recommend that you go and speak to a doctor if you're struggling with an eating disorder because they're very serious. So yeah, don't treat this podcast as medical advice. So today I'm going to be talking about something a bit more controversial, but I think personally I find it quite important to talk about because it's something that um, something that really helped me, so I feel like it could potentially help some other people. So yeah, it's about TikTok and about how harmful I think it can be for people in recovery from uh, eating disorders, specifically anorexia and restrictive eating disorders. But to be fair, to an extent, this does apply to just people in general. I think TikTok can just be harmful for people's mental health. So, yeah, that's what I'm going to talk about today. Now, I just want to, like, put it out there. I'm not condemning people who use TikTok. I haven't got anything against anyone who does. If you personally enjoy it, you like the app, you don't find it has any negative effects on you, then, you know, you do you. Just keep going with it. Do whatever works for you. But... You know, if you are sort of on the fence here, you don't really know how TikTok is affecting you or you maybe perhaps know that it is um, harmful in some ways and you just need that push to either delete it or find a more manageable way of using it, then definitely listen to this episode. I think when it comes to eating disorders and recovery, we can often get stuck in like loops and cycles and behaviours that reinforce the eating disorder now we don't necessarily want to relapse we don't necessarily want to remain ill but we do things that uh, are just not helpful and I think TikTok and just you know to an extent social media in general they can keep us stuck in patterns and behaviors that are damaging this episode is specifically about TikTok I'm not talking about Instagram here I'm not talking about, I don't know, Twitter, Facebook, anything like that. I'm literally just talking about TikTok. Um, But yeah, to be fair, I could make episodes on other platforms. Now, there's a reason I'm not on TikTok. There's a reason that my Instagram account has not transitioned to become a TikTok account. Although I have had people ask me why. Why don't you make TikToks? Why aren't you on TikTok? Do you have a TikTok? No, I don't because I don't like the app. Um, I never have liked the app and... Honestly, deleting that app was one of the best things I ever did for my recovery and general mental health. So, yeah, that's where I'm coming from in this. And that might sound quite extreme to you. I know that a lot of people, when I have brought up my feelings about TikTok, they have, you know, been a bit surprised and thought, oh, that's a bit, that's a bit extreme. Um, but hopefully this episode will explain why I think this way. And, yeah. I don't usually like to make negative episodes or I don't know I don't want this to come off as just like complete rant about TikTok but I think yeah I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say what I think so yeah um I hope you enjoy this episode and I hope that you do take something away from it even if it's just like you start thinking differently about the content you so regularly consume and I am curious to hear other people's opinions about this topic in general so if you do want to chat about it, then message me on Instagram. Uh, the link will be down below. So I've got a few like areas to cover, I guess. Um, so first of all, I want to talk about how TikTok creates this sort of bubble around you. Um, now, I only had TikTok for a few weeks uh, last year. 
maybe it was a few months, I don't know, I, like, had it whilst I was still unwell with an eating, eating disorder, and I also had it for a period when I was in recovery, and I deleted it very soon after I started recovery, because I found it impossible to have both, like, I, I just found it so difficult to recover while consuming all this content about mental illness, so yeah, I had to delete it, and I don't regret it, literally, it's the best thing I've ever done. I have spoken to some people about TikTok and how it is now recently and from my understanding it hasn't changed much. The algorithm is still really really clever, it's very specific as well so if you have specific struggles to do with your eating then your For You page will just churn out the same sort of videos that really relate to you. Um, now this can be really good in some ways, like I understand the benefits of this. If you're interested in something, you want to find out more about it then TikTok will kind of do that for you. You don't have to have any effort, really. It just will show you stuff that you want to know about. But the problem comes when you have anorexia or another mental illness where that disordered and unwell part of your brain is going to seek out things to reinforce it, things to strengthen it. And TikTok just provides that for you on tap. Literally, you don't have to do anything. You're just going to get shown video after video after video of other people being unwell, other people showing you their behaviours, telling you their fears, telling you what rules they follow, even like blatantly pro-Anna content will just get shoved down your throat. Um, and this can be really harmful. It can also just be harmful because it normalises mental illness. Like if you go on the app for an hour and that entire time you're just watching video after video of people in your position, people who are struggling in a very similar way to you this can feel reassuring in that you're not alone and that's really important but it can also be dangerous because it normalizes what is actually quite abnormal having an eating disorder should not be normalized it it shouldn't be demonized like you're not an awful person for having an eating disorder you're not weird and you're definitely not alone but it shouldn't be seen as something that's normal and I'm afraid that if you spend hours of your time viewing content that is about eating disorders from people with eating disorders you can't help but look at it in a slightly desensitized way you can't help but think it's more normal than it is and behaviors and very specific personal triggers and fears should not be normalized like i remember on tiktok you would see people like challenging this fear food or these are weird things I did in my eating disorder and it's like that's not helpful to anyone I don't think because it just it's it spreads the contagious elements of eating disorders and anorexia is a competitive disorder and it will pick up on other people's traits and other people's behaviors and it will convince you to also adopt them um or if not it will just make you feel guilty and alone if you don't also do those things where it's not normal in the real world, this kind of thing doesn't happen because you're not exposed to people's intimate fears and concerns and triggers and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like TikTok just, it just pushes things down your throat that really don't help you. Um, and it normalises things that, that are dangerous and that are abnormal. And I guess the problem with this, why it's so much worse on TikTok, is that on other platforms, the algorithms aren't as specific. And on Instagram, for example, it, you're going to find it a bit harder to constantly view content surrounding eating disorders unless you actively seek it out, search it out, engage with those posts. 
then I feel like it's slightly more difficult to just be surrounded by them. Whereas on TikTok, you spend an extra 0.3 of a second on a video, then the algorithm will pick up on that and it will and it will just show you more and more of things that you subconsciously want to see or things that anorexia wants you to see. I feel like it's so much smarter and so much quicker at surrounding you with those kind of videos. Um, and it doesn't take a lot. Even if, even if you're trying to block something or disengage with something it's all about the time you spend on that particular video or say if you're if you see some pro anna content and you report it and you engage with the comment section and you tell people how wrong it is even if you're trying to do that then you're still engaging with that video which tells the algorithm that you have an interest in it and therefore it will just show you more and more of it so yeah it's not great another problem with tiktok and this kind of relates to how eating disorders can almost be fueled and almost be triggered in younger people, is that beauty standards and comparison to other people, and just in general the focus on aesthetics and looks and stuff, is so much more harmful on TikTok because, in my opinion anyway, well it's not my opinion, it's true, people can go viral like so easily on TikTok. Normal people, average everyday people, like the girl from your class, the you know your brother, your sister, these kind of people go viral on TikTok. And the part of the virality algorithm, whatever you want to call it, is uh, beauty standards. People who conform to beauty standards, people who have conventionally attractive bodies and faces, they're going to find it ten times more easy to go viral on TikTok. And therefore, most of the videos that you see are videos of average everyday people who happen to be very good looking and this can be harmful more harmful i think than you know beauty standards perpetuated by celebrities or movie stars or, or pop singers or something like that because those people you know that kind of thing is unrealistic and unattainable like if you see a magazine with some celebrity on it with like a face tuned body and all that kind of stuff your brain doesn't automatically start comparing yourself or maybe it does but the comparison is less devious because you know there's a, there's a very rational part of you that goes oh well obviously that's edited or oh well obviously you know they're a film star they've got 10 hours a day and they've got personal trainers and they've got private chefs and you know it your brain the comparison is less insidious because your brain knows not to do it like it knows that you're comparing yourself to something that is completely unrealistic and unattainable whereas on TikTok it's not unrealistic and unattainable it's people like you it's people who you see every day it's it's inherently similar to you and therefore the comparison is that more much more powerful because it's like you're seeing these girls and these people with perfect faces and perfect bodies but they're not movie stars they're not celebrities they're just regular people who've gone viral and I feel like therefore you're comparing yourself to someone who you actually view as having something that's realistic and attainable which will make you feel worse I think than comparing yourself to some Hollywood actress. And this by the way isn't just me talking rubbish like um, it's been studied and proven that the TikTok algorithm has it has baked into it that it should favour people who have symmetrical faces and, you know, conventionally attractive bodies and stuff like that. So you are 
being shown the top 1% of the population looks-wise, yet you're made to believe that this is average and normal, because these people have average and normal lives. So, yeah, it's just a weird thing, and I think if more people knew about this, then maybe comparison would be less problematic. Anyway, moving on. Another problem with TikTok is not only the normalisation of mental illness, but is the glamorization of mental illness, specifically eating disorders. It's, it's, it's just so jarring to see... I don't know. I just remember eating disorder TikTok was full of people crying over food and prancing about in hospitals with, I don't know, like dancing, doing dances while in hospital. Um, I don't know showing what they eat in a day but it's everything so perfect and like aesthetic and eating disorders and recovery even they're not glamorous they are difficult they are exhausting they're messy they're just a bit of a nightmare to be honest and I think that having like aesthetic videos and like sad music and all this kind of stuff put over very like terrible horrible you know disgusting things that are eating disorders and to an extent recovery is it's just a weird thing to do and it it makes eating disorders and recovery seem almost attractive which is so harmful to people who perhaps are just struggling with some elements of disordered eating and then they see these videos of like people glamorizing their eating disorder people like showing it off uh even glamorizing recovery and showing how amazing recovery is like that's all great but to people who haven't quite fallen down into the pits of an eating disorder, that can be enough to push them in. And I think that, yeah, it's just, it's not great. So that's another reason why I don't like TikTok. Um, because I don't see that so much on other platforms. I don't really see that on Instagram. Uh, I think it's the element of music and dance and these short form videos which make it so easy for people to create something almost artistic out of their eating disorder. That's not me hating on people who have recovery-focused TikTok accounts. Although that does bring me on, on to my next point, which is... The problem for TikTok creators themselves. I don't understand how someone creates a TikTok account, a personality, a persona, whatever you want to call it, based around their eating disorder, based around their illness, showing off their ill body, showing off... Okay, maybe showing off is the wrong word, but... I don't see how people can create that life for themselves and that online personality and then easily transition from that into becoming healthy, becoming well again, recovering and just moving on and creating their new identity when their entire following, and sometimes these followings can get very, very big, is based on them having an eating disorder. I mean, clearly people do it. Clearly people do transition from being unwell online to being genuinely recovered online I just think that it that looks hard that looks very difficult to do and maybe that's a, a personal thing for me like maybe other people don't find it hard but I would find it hard and I would caution anyone who is um creating an account online to document their recovery just be very careful with what you post um not only for the aspect that you might trigger other people because honestly that's not really your responsibility yes you can do your best to not show underweight pictures and stuff like that but 
it's more for the fact that you don't want to trigger your future self. If you create this entire identity online of being sick with an eating disorder, then when you want to recover or when you become more healthy physically, you're going to find it very difficult. Or at least, in my opinion, you might find it very difficult. So therefore, I would just caution you and be like, make sure that what you're putting out there, you are keeping that element of distance between your yourself and your private life and your online um, image. I don't know, just something to think about. Um, there's a reason that, personally, I don't, I don't show myself off on my Instagram account. Yes, I do actually have a recovery account, so people are going to be like, uh, isn't this really hypocritical? And no, not really, because I don't make my recovery my entire personality. I, don't, I never made my eating disorder my personality. And by the way, I'm not saying that everyone who shows themselves online in the like recovery space and like people with eating disorders who who do have an identity online to do with their eating disorder. I'm not saying these are bad people at all. Like there are literally so many people, so many friends I've made who are doing exactly that and they're doing it really well. And I think that honestly, just kudos to them um, because it just looks really difficult to do. Like, I just don't understand how people do it personally. Um, but obviously there are people out there who do it successfully. So learn from them. Um, learn from the people who are able to I don't know, have a good relationship with social media and being a creator. Obviously this doesn't apply to everyone because not everyone does want to document their recovery online, but if you do and if you are going down that path, I would just really ask that you, I don't know, be careful with how you do it because I know that some people personally have literally reached out to me and I've got re popular recovery, I don't know what the word is, influencers, reaching out to me in my DMs, telling me how difficult it is for them, because now they've created this identity of being underweight and being unwell with any eating disorder, and now they want to recover, but they're just finding it that much harder. Like, letting go of your eating disorder is already hard enough. When you add on to the fact that now you've got thousands of people who view you as that, it's just, I don't know. I know that for these people in particular, I'm not going to name them, obviously, but they do find it difficult, so... I just want to mention that. And I'm talking specifically about TikTok people. So yeah. Now I'm going to talk about the food aspect of TikTok because it's full of what I eat in a day content. Um, obviously I haven't been on it, on it for a while, but I have actually reached out to people and asked them just give me some general info about the recovery space on TikTok right now. And yeah, it hasn't changed apparently. It's still got lots of restrictive what I eat in a day videos full day of eating videos and the unfortunate part of this is is it's not just diet videos it's not just videos that you can automatically identify as oh okay well that person's on a restrictive diet I'm in recovery therefore that doesn't apply to me because many of these restrictive full day of eating videos are from people who claim to be in recovery from anorexia now I'm not saying these people are lying because honestly probably a lot of them genuinely are trying their best in recovery but maybe they're at the beginning of recovery and they still are on a restrictive meal plan or they just have very restrictive aspects to their to their um, full day of eating. So the problem that comes is that anorexia specifically is such a control freak. Like it's such a, in your mind, right, the anorexia voice will 
go on and on about every single little thing, like everything you do. You can do such a simple thing, you can eat such a simple thing, and the anorexia will pipe up and it will point out a million different things that you've done wrong and a million different things that you should have done better, that you should do differently, that, oh, you can't eat that because of this, you can't do this because of that, you can't do that because this, it could be perfect if you did it like this instead and blah, 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 blah. And it's just every single thing you do, it throws doubt, it throws complexity into things that aren't supposed to be complicated. So when you add on top of that, that you're now viewing a bunch of other people's diets, some of which may be fine, some of which may not be triggering, but many of which will be very restrictive, very triggering. And now you've got that other added source of information that is just going to reinforce the anorexia voice. It's going to make it stronger. It's going to throw more doubt into the picture. When you're trying to recover and when you're trying to go against these thoughts, having it constantly reinforce that, you know, a restrictive diet is normal or that you're being greedy because you want to eat more or that you shouldn't eat this and you shouldn't eat that because other people now aren't eating this and aren't eating that. It's just a nightmare and I don't understand how people can... I don't know. Obviously people do manage to be on TikTok and manage to stop restricting but I just think it must make it a lot harder if you're constantly viewing other people's full day of eating videos and stuff when they are restricting and now you've just got that other little reinforcement of your eating disorder. It's like... Instead of it's you versus anorexia, it's now you versus anorexia plus a thousand other accounts who also have anorexia and are are showing you what they're eating every day. I just think, personally, that's not something that I could have dealt with. Well, I could have dealt with it, but it would have just made everything a lot harder. So you know what I mean? Um, If you are constantly being showed videos of what I eat in a day, anorexia recovery, meal plan, blah, 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 blah. I don't want you to be, like, put off by them because many of these videos are restrictive. Like, the three meals, three snacks that you should be eating every day in recovery from anorexia, that's your minimum. And if other people aren't even eating that, that's... they're doing something that is wrong, not you. If other people are eating three meals, three snacks, but those meals and snacks are very small or they're full of just vegetables or something like that, those people are harming themselves. They are not... And the other the other problematic thing I've had people say to me is that they watch people's recovery videos who are, you know, all in anorexia recovery, extreme hunger, what I eat in a day, and it's literally just their normal meal plan. Or it's extreme hunger, blah, 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 blah. But it's like they eat a banana or something. It's like, that's very harmful because it's like... it's It's promoting this idea of extreme hunger as just normal eating. When that's not extreme at all. Like, yes, it may feel very extreme if you're recovering from anorexia, but what message does that promote to people who genuinely are having to go through some sort of hypermetabolism state or post-starvation hyperphagia where they actually need to eat thousands and thousands of calories every day? Those kinds of videos aren't being shown on TikTok and aren't being really shown on Instagram. Yes, obviously, there are some people who do it, and some people who genuinely promote a non-restrictive way of eating. And I think that those people are probably helping many, many um, people in recovery. So that's great. And like I said, there are some benefits. There are some positives to TikTok and to social media in general. But the whole why in a day trend is just not helpful on the whole, I guess. Humans already are comparison-seeking beings, right? We, we look out 
for similarities in other people, we compare and we, we're constantly doing it. It wants to be seeing where we stack up to other members of the human race. That's just a normal thing of life. When you have anorexia, it's like that on steroids. And it's like, then TikTok, the element of TikTok constantly showing you videos that are similar to you, is like that, all of that on crack. So it's like, it's just, I don't know, a recipe for disaster when you're already obsessed with food hyper fixated on what other people are eating and then you're shown a thousand videos a day of what other people are eating in a very restrictive manner who also claim to be in recovery so it's just like perfect storm really um so yeah my next point is about how the people on tiktok who go viral specifically for anorexia recovery are it's it's no it's not like a mystery, like they, most of these people are very, very underweight, most of them are just white young girls, um, and yes, that is the majority of people with anorexia, they do fit that demographic, not necessarily the underweight part, but the, the young white girl thing is the majority of people with anorexia, but it's not everyone, and it's also, the stereotype of that isn't proportional to the reality of it, because not everyone with anorexia is a girl, not everyone with anorexia is white, not everyone with anorexia is a teenager, and I think that the recovery, I don't know, community or whatever on TikTok, and I guess, yeah, other platforms as well, and just in the media in general, that stereotype kind of drowns out um, people who don't fit it and who are also suffering, I think that can be quite harmful for them. Um, There's a lot more men and boys than you would think who struggle with anorexia and they struggle in an almost identical way to females by that I mean the behaviours the thought patterns, the rituals um, the fears, the triggers all that kind of stuff, it's so similar yet they're not really represented very well I don't think and I'm not saying that people need to start posting about the male experience with anorexia if they don't want to I'm not saying that at all, I'm just saying if TikTok only promotes one one view of eating disorders, it kind of warps reality a bit and it makes people, again, desensitised. It makes people think that only one way of having an eating disorder is normal and the rest of it doesn't exist, which isn't helpful. Um, and the, the biggest problem with the algorithm, again, on TikTok is that it will favour extremes so you don't see many videos that have average quality you don't see many videos that have average people you see you see the highest possible quality videos you see the most aesthetically pleasing videos you see the most beautiful people and the problem with this is that this leads to you seeing the most emaciated people with anorexia the most restrictive diets the most severe symptoms you don't see people who have the everyday experience of recovery, who have more mundane lives, who have more average looking bodies. You don't see that. You see the people who are absolutely emaciated. And I think that's really problematic because that percentage of sufferers is very, very small in re- in the real world, right? With anorexia, um, yes, many people do become underweight, but it's not the majority. And it's definitely not the majority of people that become severely underweight. You can have a severe case of anorexia where you experience many health consequences, many negative symptoms, you can have a terrible mental state, you can have a severe case of anorexia, 
but your weight can be either just you know a bit underweight or normal weight healthy weight even overweight so the problem lies is whether TikTok or algorithm will spot very very extreme looking people extreme looking bodies and will promote that out so it will focus on this very very one percent of people with anorexia and it will make them more popular on on the on the for you page it will push out their videos more because people know that like the shock appeal of things has more airtime right so you're more likely to click on something and you're more likely to view something that has more extreme scenarios and that has more I don't know. I just think that's, again, human nature. So this is really, really problematic when it comes to people thinking that they're not sick enough. Because if all you see with anorexia, and especially with recovery accounts as well, is people very, very underweight, people who have had very extreme symptoms and very extreme scenarios. And is that if, if that becomes all you see, and, and if that becomes your normal perception of anorexia, then you are going to consider that that example and that like stereotype as becoming the norm and then therefore if you don't measure up to that then your illness isn't normal it isn't severe it isn't sick enough you're not worthy of recovering and this just isn't true because if you look at the general population of people with eating disorders if you even look at a um clinical population of people with eating disorders like in hospital those people are not like severely emaciated the majority of them anyway aren't um the majority of people in real life with anorexia that i know personally most of them aren't underweight the ones that are underweight are not emaciated such as the kind that you'd see online and the people that are they're not any more sick than you if you aren't Uh, they're not only less sick they're obviously completely deserving of help and it's obviously a terrible struggle that they've been through but that doesn't mean that, that that experience is as normal as it seems online, especially on TikTok. When you go on TikTok and you're interested in eating disorders, whatever, you start viewing these videos, the eating disorder videos that get pushed to you will be the ones that are most extreme, that feature the ones with the most emaciated people, and that just creates this very warped perception of what the real world scenario is, you know? So you are sick enough now to recover, You do not need to reach this insane underweight body, no matter what your anorexia is telling you. And it can just make it even worse when you believe that this is actually normal. Because it's not normal. It's not normal. Not even within anorexia is it normal to become incredibly underweight. Um, Obviously, this does happen. I'm not saying it doesn't happen at all. It definitely reinforces your anorexia belief already that you need to lose more and more and more weight. Especially when you see recovery accounts either losing weight or remaining very underweight, again, that just strengthens this belief that it's normal to be underweight. It's normal and it's necessary to be underweight in order to recover because it's not necessary at all. Um, I've got some friends who struggle with eating disorders who have never become underweight, yet personally, I view their cases as very severe because they've experienced so many physical and mental health complications. So the real world reality of anorexia specifically and any eating disorder is so different to that of TikTok and to an extent Instagram as well. Just because social media again and the media in general perpetuates and like promotes and focuses on extreme scenarios in every aspect. So it's not just for eating disorders. Every every aspect of life on media and just social media as well 
favours the extremes because it's what sells, it's what gets more airtime, it's what gets more views, it's what gets more clicks, it's what gets more likes. So yes, it will be promoted more, but that doesn't make it representative of real life. If you haven't started recovery yet because you're waiting to become more underweight, your eating disorder wants you to lose more and more and more weight, and your rationale for that is that, oh, well, look at all these recovery people on Instagram and on TikTok because you know they're very underweight, therefore I need to become that underweight in order to recover. I just want you to know that that portion of people that you're seeing is 1% of the people with eating disorders. The rest of them either aren't underweight or they're not that underweight. And I know that weight is just one part of eating disorders. Like, obviously, it's not that simple. You can't just, you can't just be like, oh, all right, then I'll recover. Because it's, you know, it's to do with control, it's to do with trauma, it's to do with coping mechanisms, all of that. And I'm not saying that weight is the ultimate reason why people continue to get worse and worse with their eating disorder I'm just saying that it does play a role for people and I know that personally people have come to me and told me that they genuinely believe that this stereotype that TikTok promotes of people with anorexia they genuinely believe that to be the majority when it's just not true I just want to leave it at that um I'm gonna like just stop now because I could go on and on but I'll make one more point about just the general mental health consequences of TikTok as an app. There's been a lot of research done on it, probably not enough in my opinion, but it is harming the mental health of the population. There is a mental health crisis right now and it's no like coincidence that it kind of coincides with the rise of TikTok. Um, My mental health definitely took a hit because of TikTok. Like it it didn't, it didn't get better, it didn't completely, I didn't recover, I didn't get cured when I deleted TikTok, but the day-to-day um, consequences of having TikTok, I could definitely notice them. For example, attention span. When you're viewing video after video after video on a constant, continuous scroll that will just feed you interesting things, things that you are getting this reward from, this dopamine hit when you view these videos, if you're just getting them over and over again, then you become desensitised to dopamine, you become, I don't know, your reward pathway is less sensitive. So other activities which require more attention, which require more focus, which require more efforts, such as reading or even watching a movie or, um, I don't know, creative activities, stuff like that, stuff that requires more time and energy spent doing it, those rewards are less attractive because your brain has just become so tuned to just seeking out these very, very effortless, quick, instant hits of dopamine that come with these very short videos that are on a continuous loop. So, and the other thing about TikTok is the aspect of variable rewards. Now, obviously, I'm not like a psychologist. I don't really, I don't know everything, but I do know that there was a study done, and I can't really remember much about it, other than the fact that it was a study done on the, like, reward system to do with you know like dopamine and like and what happened was this scientist had this laboratory experiment with rats and the rats would push a lever and then once they did this they would get a treat or something um maybe it was like a sugar release or something I don't really remember but what would happen is that they would recognize that pushing this lever equaled getting a reward so they would push the lever over and over and over again right Now, what the scientist did is he changed up this reward to being only, you know, like some of the time the rats would get a reward after pushing the lever. So sometimes they wouldn't be rewarded and other times they would. 
And he expected the rats to push it less because that makes sense, right? If you're not always going to get a reward, then surely you're going to take that action less. But what happened is the rats actually became more likely to press the lever. They pressed it quicker, they pressed it more because the brain is trained and like wired to apparently um, reduce uncertainty. And this makes sense, right? The human brain hates uncertainty. It does not like not knowing something. So it will seek to resolve uncertainty wherever it can. So if you don't know if you're going to get a reward or not, then the brain wants to resolve that by testing it out. So it's going to press that lever over and over again, no matter if it gets... I mean, obviously, if it got no rewards, it would stop doing it because it would learn that there's no, there's literally no point in doing this behaviour, I'm not going to do it anymore, I don't get anything out of it. But if it gets rewards all the time, then this predictability aspect of it actually takes the edge off whereas if it gets rewards some of the time sometimes it doesn't it's got that sort of anxiety fueled oh my god what's happening next oh i don't know let me let me find out let me find out sort of thing i hope that makes sense so with tiktok obviously you're gonna find these some of these videos aren't necessarily exactly what you want to see and that's done deliberately to keep you scrolling because if you only saw videos that are exactly what you want to see then you kind of it kind of becomes a bit predictable. So sometimes you will see these videos that are like, mm, yeah, don't know, didn't really get much reward from that. And therefore you're going to scroll even faster, you're going to scroll even more. And this aspect of continuous scrolling and just like this influx of information, your brain is just not, han it's not wired to handle that. Like if you think about it, the human brain has not changed for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Whereas in the last 10 years, Social media and just digital stuff in general has evolved in like crazy amounts and our brain has not caught up. So we're not designed to sit there and scroll on our phone for hours. We're not designed to have our dopamine systems messed up by these very, very like clever algorithms and computers. And I just think it's it's got to have some effect. And, and to be to be fair, it doesn't look like it's having a great effect. Um, it messes up your sleep as well. People can be addicted to TikTok. It's very, it's designed to be addictive. Apparently now the app tells you to stop scrolling. Like if you're on it for too long, a video will pop up or something saying, oh, you, you're going too fast, take a break. If your app literally has to tell people to get off it because it's so addictive, I think that's a problem. Um, now, I'm not even going to go into the whole political consequences of TikTok. I'm not going to go into the companies which own it and the benefits that they reap based off of harming young people because that's literally a whole other video so I'm not going to go into that but I'm just going to say that the human brain doesn't appear to be designed for an influx of information for the comparison of yourself to literally thousands of people um we're not designed for that so I think that it can just be harmful for general mental health and I think if you haven't tried giving TikTok a break and you do find that you are on it for hours at a time, that you, it is, if it's your go-to, right, if you're feeling slightly anxious or sort of triggered or bored and your automatic go-to is just to scroll on TikTok, I would recommend taking a break, just seeing what happens, right? If you don't feel any better after a few weeks of not having TikTok, then by all means just re-download it and ignore me. But you might find that it does improve your life in some ways and it's it really can't hurt to give it a go you're not missing out on anything if you don't have tiktok 
it literally cannot hurt and it might help a lot. So yeah, I just recommend taking a break from TikTok. Um, and I do want to say that if you do take a break from TikTok and you find yourself literally experiencing withdrawal symptoms, as in like you become anxious, you become irritable, you find it difficult to sleep, you find it very difficult to be bored, like those things may happen and you may genuinely need a few days to just get out of your system. But just push through that if you are literally going through TikTok withdrawal. Um, because it's a real thing. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking now. Don't take this as me like hating on you if you do have TikTok and if you do enjoy TikTok. And if you do um, create content based on eating disorders and recovery. All I'm saying is that this is my experience. This is the kind of things that I've found out from talking to people. And it's just something to think about, you know. Give it a go. Tell me how it goes. If you are planning on deleting TikTok, then... Um, I'd really like to talk about it with you. So yeah, message me on Instagram and good luck if you do decide to delete TikTok. And if you do want to hear more about this, then I guess I can make another episode. But yeah, um, the next episode will be, again, more more about the usual kind of stuff like practical tips on recovery. I just think that this is genuinely something that helped me a lot when I deleted TikTok. My recovery did speed up. And I think it would be wrong with me not to share that with you guys. So yeah. The funny thing is I did get, when I mentioned, I made a post about this a while ago. I didn't go into as much detail. But I did get some people quite defensive of TikTok. Like saying, oh no, it's really helpful. It's really good. And honestly, like like I said in the introduction, you do you. I'm not saying that you need to now hate TikTok just because I dislike it. I'm just saying for the people who do find it difficult, this might be why. You're not you're not abnormal, you're not, your brain just literally is not designed for this, and TikTok is, in many ways, at odds with recovery in certain scenarios. So yeah, I hope you found this episode interesting, and back to the more usual content next week. So yeah, thank you so much for listening, I really appreciate everyone who does listen, I really appreciate everyone who's left a rating or review, Um, And I am still getting on to requests, by the way. This episode has been requested by... It has only been requested by one person, but it was something that I was just also interested in, so I did want to make it. Um, But yeah, I'm getting back onto requests with, you know, ones that people have literally asked four weeks ago, so I'm sorry again. Thanks for being patient with me. Um, Yeah, thank you so much for listening. I I hope you all have a great week. 